Welcome to Present Company, the Netflix podcast that brings you dynamic conversations with exceptional people behind your favorite series, films, documentaries, and specials. I'm your host, Krista Smith. For years, I was Vanity Fair's ambassador to Hollywood, interviewing countless actors as well as creatives and authorities across the spectrum. My passion is talent, any form of it. How do you know you have it? How do you cultivate it? How do you protect it? And also, I want to get to the heart of what drives it. On this podcast, I'll be talking to people in Hollywood and far beyond. Thank you for joining me. Today's conversation is with Academy Award-nominated filmmaker Noah Baumbach. His new film, Marriage Story, starring Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, is essentially a love story about divorce. It's told with such honesty, humor, and compassion, and his lead actors give tour de force performances. Even though I've not experienced divorce personally, I had a profound connection to this story and these characters, laughing and crying with equal measure. Baumbach began his career in his 20s with the comedy Kicking and Screaming and has gone on to make many more films, including The Squid and the Whale, Margot at the Wedding, and Francis Ha. With unflinching honesty, his films explore our best and worst instincts, our fears, our flaws, and our triumphs. In this conversation, we talk about the journey of the film, how personal stories have shaped his body of work, the group of creative peers he trusts and relies upon, and the fact that he doesn't appreciate lunch. It's my pleasure to introduce Noah Baumbach. Noah Baumbach, I'm so happy to see you, and I'm so happy to talk about your film, Marriage Story. You too, thank you. And happy belated 50th. We're going to talk about that in a little in a, in a second. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but I feel that this movie, this film, is a culmination of all your other films. Mm-hmm. And I look at it, like I'm um, in the Noah Baumbach biography. Like, where is this in the chapter? I think about from <laughs> kicking and screaming to, you know, obviously Squid and the Whale and Margaret's Wedding and, and, you know, all the movies you've done up until this point. It mm-hmm. feels like this is the last movie of that set of films. Wow. Um, and you might be right because I have no idea what I'm going to do next. Um, I usually have a thing that's forming itself behind the thing. And so that when I, when I finish a movie, I'm, I'm usually into the next one in my head or, you know, usually on the page to some degree. And this is the first time I have found myself not in that position, which is I'm taking as a healthy thing, but also it's a a frightening thing. But, but when you say that, um, you may very well be right. I mean, I think I'm the, kind of the worst person to judge where I am, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the midst of all these things. I, I have I, I have perspective only in hindsight, looking back at movies and thinking, oh, I guess that was kind of a reaction to or that was a continuation of things I was working out in one movie to another, how they speak to each other. But I... I I'm always just in the thing that I'm doing and I'm not really thinking about it in a, in a bigger biographical way. Mm-hmm. But looking back, I do feel that way. So I can, mm-hmm. I can yeah, say you that, can right? Say it. I yes, can say it, absolutely. Uh, and there is such a universal appeal 
or a universe. There's so much humanity in marriage story, I guess is how I'm trying to articulate it, that I feel has built on, on your previous films. And here we are, and it's so human. And you've always been willing to really, to reveal so much about yourself in your films. And this one feels the most revealing. How is that process for you to get here where actually it's out there in the world, it's been at festivals, it's premiering momentarily, uh, and to be sitting here talking about it, looking back on on that? Well, I do know that I couldn't have done this movie any earlier. Like when this movie did start to find its way onto the page, uh, it I, I, I kind of knew on some level I had to be up to the task. And, mm-hmm. and, and I do think in, in, in a sense, as you're saying, I was drawing on all the other ones in some kind of unconscious way, that everything was kind of going into this movie, that, that I was... I, um, uh, but, but it was unconscious in that way. Um, I, I mean, I kind of go into all of them with the same you know, the same aspiration, the same mm-hmm. thoughts, but, um, but, you know, having people respond strongly and have emotional experiences with this movie is meaningful to me. I mean, it, it is v- very meaningful to me. And, and I do find myself learning a lot about the movie from talking to other people mm-hmm. that, that, I, I mean, I actually, I will steal things and then use them in interviews because I, I find that, that, that these responses in a funny way are informing me about what, you know, what, what the movie's about in, in ways that I both knew and didn't know, I think, mm-hmm. you know, or, or knew and forgotten. That's kind of great. That's the surprises in the aftermath of, of the birth of it, basically. Uh, yeah, one of the things that I was reading is someone had commented on the divorce uh, industry complex about, and I had never even thought about that. Mm-hmm. I'm not a child of divorce. I haven't been divorced, but just the money and the machinery around divorce. I was like, oh, that's so interesting mm-hmm. that that's someone's perspective. For me, I'm still waiting for uh, Charlie and Nicole to get back together. <laughs> and that just shows who, who I am in the, in the world of, of, uh, of the viewer. You know, there was just so much like, ah, uh, it was just that feeling of bittersweetness all the way around. But, uh, as a director, I wanted to talk to you because you also wrote this. So, but as a director, how challenging was it for you to balance the, not only the screen time, but also the emotional time with the two characters of of Nicole obviously played by Scarlett Johansson and Charlie played by Adam Driver. Well, it was it was something we gave a lot of thought to. I, I in the in the in the script just to digress in the script we're with Nicole once she returns to Los Angeles, we're with her alone or I mean alone meaning without Charlie for quite a bit of time. And so um and then when Charlie re-enters the picture, we kind of go with him a little bit. And, uh, and so in the last third of the movie that it's, we're sort of w- w- with both of them and the, the sort of, the structure was that it, that the, you know, it was with this sort of anticipation that the audience would naturally go with the person that the movie's going with. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a natural thing. We watch movies, we identify even when we're, you know, watching a, you know, a burglar break into a building in a movie we're with the burglar. So yeah. if they get, if, if the family comes home, 
you know, and they haven't got the jewels in the bag yet. We're with the, we're, we're nervous for the burglar. Are they going to get out? And that's, you know, something great directors have played. I mean, Hitchcock plays with that all the time. And so in a sense, I was thinking of that, that sort of notion of perspective. So as a director, you know, something that Robbie Ryan, the cinematographer and I were, were always, it was a kind of rule in a sense, was that, that we're always with either Charlie or Nicole, you know, not in ways that where we're playing with perspective in, you know, Dr. Caligari ways mm-hmm. where, we're, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you're in their eyes or, in, you know, it was, it was always going to be very subtle, but we're always going to be in their experience. So even when the lawyers were in, say, Nora's uh, conference room and, and Bert and Nora are talking, we're always over either Charlie or Nicole's shoulders. We're never over the lawyer's shoulders. It's never the lawyer's experience. It's always their experience of what's going on. And I think because of the, and, and and likewise, when we're with Nicole and Charlie comes and she's serving him the papers, mm-hmm. we're with Nicole more than we're with Charlie. And when Charlie, you know, is now in Halloween and he comes and he's trying to convince her to, mm-hmm. to take the, to, the Frankenstein, the Frankenstein yeah. costume, we're now over his shoulder so Nicole, in a way, is a kind of character in Charlie's day. Uh, and so this was always this was something we were always very conscious of is this notion of perspective. And, you know, because I think it was a, it's it's a theme of the movie, but it's also a way, I think, for the audience to emotionally engage in what you're talking about. It's like that I think they kind of naturally arrive in the last third of the movie to this to, to this feeling anyway, that it's like everything's true and nothing's true. She's right. He's right it's kind of pointless to try to take a side in a way, even mm-hmm. though movies often want us to. And I kind of wanted to play with that. Um, I mean, this also goes not to go on too long about this, but this goes, goes, goes to what you were asking in the beginning about my other movies. Cause I've often been thought I, I've been, sometimes I've been surprised when I've had a movie come out and people talk about this notion of sympathy and a character being mm-hmm. sympathetic or unsympathetic. This was true maybe more so earlier in my career, but I never thought of them that way. I just wanted them to be understandable in a sense. And, and so it was something I was also thinking about uh, that way too, was this notion of sympathy. And, you know, because my feeling was, of course, both of these people deserve our sympathy. And it's true. You do. That's what makes it so painful and funny and beautiful all at the same time. And it's like a masterpiece of, for you, I feel it's like just so beautifully woven together like this perfect um, orchestrated piece or something for lack of a better word it feels like a symphony and you can't lose one note right and it all falls apart which I feel like in so many scenes and I wrote them down all these scenes I want to talk about and you talked about one the Frankenstein scene which is just such the epitome of LA versus New York New York he's theater company makes his son the perfect little Frankenstein. And I would love to have had that as a kid, right? In LA, it's the store-bought costume. Mm-hmm. Just all that stuff is so spot on and and great. But the scene you talk about, and, and you and I have talked about this before, because from the first time I saw the film months ago, is that scene in the kitchen, which where we're introduced to Nicole's family, this kind of California hippie-ish or just more free-spirited artist family mm-hmm. in that great house and that great kitchen. And how, to me, it felt very much like Preston Sturgis or Howard Hawk suddenly. Uh, but when Charlie enters it, and when she does end up serving him, the entire mood and the stakes of the film gets so intense at that point. You know, you realize, 
oh, this is really happening at the same time these characters are recognizing it. So that scene has a lot of movement in it. And I know talking uh, to Scarlett and to Adam, like you are, it's very precise. You, there's not a lot. It's not just kind of like, oh, here you go, you know, figure out how this is going to work. And Merritt Weaver, you're going to walk in and oh yeah, Julie Haggerty, you're going to do this. Julie Haggerty plays Scarlett's mother beautifully and Merritt plays her sister. Tell me about you direct, like how, what's that like to direct a scene like that? And do you go in as you're writing it, knowing how it's going to play out or does it come to you while you're actually rehearsing it? Like how deliberate are those things for you? Yeah. Well, the, as you say, I, 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 I saw that scene as both a screwball comedy on one hand and a thriller or something on the other mm-hmm. or a horror movie in a certain mm-hmm. way. I mean, that, that envelope means very, yeah. I mean, many different things. In, in, Don't look it, at the envelope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Where's the envelope? Yeah. Don't yeah, yeah. Is that envelope a bomb? Yeah. It's a, you know, On one hand, it's a bomb that's going to go off. And we, you know, we know that from our from you know, movie language tells us that, and we know it and he doesn't, which is the scariest thing to happen in a movie. But on the other hand, you're watching this kind of uh, bungled, you know, the serving process and, and he's come in with great news and mm-hmm. suddenly, which changes the whole tenor of everything too, because I, I think, you know, sort of going sort of related to what we we're talking about before, it's, you know, after she delivers her, this scene comes right after she's delivered this, you know, incredible monologue to Nora about right. sort of the story of her marriage. Mm-hmm. And it's, Scarlett is so moving. And, and and something that we talked about in that scene was that she should, I wanted her to almost live it as she told it. It should mm-hmm. feel almost theatrical that way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was like, and, how many pages of dialogue was that? It's, I think it's like five. Right, but, and she gets up, goes to the bathroom, comes yeah. back. She just, it's, it is a, it's a, incredible. And she's- And it's incredibly, you, you, you see both, as she's telling it, her, her, her come alive when she talks about meeting him and how- mm-hmm. Uh, how what this was for her at this point in her life, how you know how beautiful this was, how much she was in love with him, how she was taken with him, how she never left, how she, mm-hmm. and then she keeps going, and then suddenly you see the other that that this took its toll, and that this was she lost something in this, and that you know she says she got smaller, and she, and then it's you know it's so emotional, and so we've gone through this whole thing, and I think you know we're. Uh, you know, naturally very much with her in that, in her narrative. And he comes in and uh, suddenly says that he's won this wonderful award, which is sort of in a way like kind of pinnacle of like what you might hope to get working the way yeah. they work in New York. And she feels very proud and part of it. And mm-hmm. it suddenly brings them close together. And he's so happy and winning. And and so suddenly we're in this very complex space of what do we, how do we even feel about this anymore? You know? Um, uh, and so I felt like, well, built in this scene, all these things are built into the scene. So I, I wasn't, thinking really at all about like, oh, well, it's serious. Let's bring comedy to it. Or it's too funny. Let's bring, I I felt like all of this stuff was inherent. Once I, once I came upon the scene and the writing, I, these Mm -hmm. things were all baked into it. So everything could be everything, which is Mm -hmm. kind of an amazing uh, gift to have, even if I somehow gave it to myself, I guess. But, but I, uh, 
I think I didn't know I was giving it to myself as I was writing it. I was just being trying to be truthful to the moment. But it helps all the things that 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 have, you know that they're performers. You know that mm-hmm. that she and her mom and sister are performers adds this also element of theatricality, which makes it fun, which makes the going in and out of doors I think feel kind of uh, natural in a way to their mm-hmm. environment. And and I was thinking of Preston Sturges or Howard Hawks or Ernst Lubitsch. This this this. Uh, and 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 in a sense, shot it that way, shot it like a screwball comedy. But um, but because of all these other elements, uh, you know, it, it this other thing is going on simultaneously, uh, which is darker. And you know, there, it, there's also a big sound element to that mm-hmm. too, I mean, movement and sound, because there's so much movement and clomping around mm-hmm. and people going, you know, Merritt just hilarious going in and out of doors, him picking up Julie, mm-hmm. Julie trying to pick up him. Uh, uh, and, and so much overlapping dialogue. It's, I mean, it's, is cacophonous. Mm-hmm. And then once he's served, it's silent. And that silence has different meaning than it would if it hadn't come after all this. And suddenly there's no movement too. It's mm-hmm. stillness. It's, you know, there's maybe, you know, Chris Garbosio, the sound designer, and I and Jen Lame, the editor, like came up, you know, with, you know, there's those like L.A. sounds you hear in the background, the lawnmower, the leaf blower, the helicopters. Mm -hmm. There's there's an air, there's actually naturally an airplane on one of the lines that we continued. We kept the the real airplane. Um, But uh, so... You know, all of this this sort of detail, I, I, I suppose, brings you back down to earth. It does. It comes crashing down to earth, and you're so vested as, as an audience member in it. I want to talk about your collaboration, too, because I know you, you've you obviously worked with, with Adam for this is your fourth time. Scarlett, I know you guys were kind of circling, working together at, at, at other times, at other points in your careers. But... You had said something, and I don't know whether you told me this or I read it, but that you had had a kind of like three ideas on on a piece of paper when you talked to Adam about this film, and that you had these lengthy phone conversations and in person. Can you just talk a little bit about that? I mean, I love to talk on. First of all, I love to talk on the phone, and I was mm-hmm. so happy. I was like, wait, he's got to be talking on a landline. He's not talking on a mobile <laughs> phone. Uh, but how does that work for you? And like, how did you get obviously Adam in and Scarlett in? Can you talk a little bit to that? Yeah, Adam, Adam and I are big phone talkers. Uh, like we have had long, extremely long phone conversations, and that's been true. I think from the beginning of our friendship. Um, I don't think it's ever something we've even discussed, but now that mm-hmm. you say it that way, um, uh, it, it, and, and some of it's by necessity, he'd be on a shoot right. somewhere and he's a busy guy. Yeah. Wearing his Don Quixote outfit or something. And mm-hmm. we'd be talking, but it's a, because of our friendship and our previous collaborations, it's, it's, it's a kind of natural thing. It's, I, I don't even look at a lot of these conversations as, as necessarily even with a goal in mind. It's, it's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's, it's just sort of energy and, and, and ideas and things. So things come up that we put aside, things come up and, and often in the early stages we talk, we, we talk and it's, I don't know yet what I feel ready to write. And Mm -hmm. so we'll talk around things or I'll say, well, maybe, but if it was this love story, maybe this could be part of it. And, and, it's a way also for me and him, I think, to find it's, – it's almost like the, what you find yourself talking about the most suddenly starts to mm-hmm. become the thing. And 
Um, and like I said before, I, I, I knew this was something that some version of this movie, I didn't know what it was yet, was something that I wanted to do, that I was compelled to do, but I didn't know if, when, or if I was ready. And I think in a lot of those conversations, I, I kind of discovered that I was. And, and Adam knows a lot about the theater, just from having worked in the theater, he went to Juilliard, um, much more than I do. So he, he had the idea of maybe playing a theater director. And so that, we talked a lot about his experience in theater, mm-hmm. which which informed a lot of of, of the theater company. Um, but it they go it becomes a wide ranging thing, and movies come up, and maybe I've seen something he hasn't, or he's seen something I haven't, and then we'll go watch the movies, then we'll come back and we'll talk about how those movies. You know, we talked about the red shoes mm-hmm. on this one. We we talked about um, to be or not to be. Uh, the, the Ernst Lubitsch movie, mm-hmm. um, uh, 20th Century, the Howard mm-hmm. Hawks movie, all, all of those have theater directors and actresses that um, different milieus, but but I thought were all valuable for us in some way. Um, with Scarlet, it was because it was kind of, an, we've known each other a little bit, it was it was a newer uh, a newer thing. It was, it was we, we would tend to get together more in, restaurants or we go to each other's apartments and, and kind of just spend hours just talking. Um, and also because Scarlett was going through a divorce herself, mm-hmm. there was a lot of stuff that was live or, or and alive in, in the discussion. And so I, I think in some ways for us, it was for Scarlett and, and, and me, it was kind of finding language in, you know, the language mm-hmm. that we were going to later refine for our collaboration and for the movie. Um, uh, both, both in the sense of language for the script, I mean, material for the movie, you know, things definitely came out of our conversations that f- found their way into the movie or informed big, big mm-hmm. parts of the movie. But also I think once we started working together, I felt, I, I felt comfortable and, and able to direct her, uh, uh, in ways that I, or be most helpful to her, I should say, in ways that I, I wouldn't necessarily have felt if, you know, if we just sort of started working together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She said she made that very funny comment about like, Noah doesn't really appreciate lunch, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which I love. Noah, she's right. <laughs> well, you, come from, you come from that kind of true independent filmmaking, right? You just right. like go, you've got to go and catch the light, catch the moment, you know, you're, yeah. it's, it's not a, a set, set yeah. life or whatever. There's not craft table or, you know, all that stuff. It's true. Although even in, 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 uh, in my civilian life, I don't really appreciate lunch. <laughs> maybe, maybe the next 50 years. Uh, mm-hmm. How do you know when you've got the shot? So just in terms of the argument scene, right? Mm-hmm. That scene that every single human being can relate to, whether they've had that with a child or a parent or a ex-friend or a lover or husband, wife, whatever. How there's so, that scene is so loaded and it is like a ticking bomb, right? The juice starts with a juice box, which I just love because mm-hmm. it's so, it's just so, it's like innocuous and young and hopeful and it just right. ends in this explosion. Right. But how do you know when you've got it? Like in terms of your own id, your own ego and, you know, the director's hat, the writer's hat and... I don't know. That's well, my question. That's a good question. I, I, and some days, you know, there are some days in some sequences. I mean, for instance, Scarlett's monologue was always one take. So with those, it really was one take. So I felt like 
with that one, I have to have a real sense of what take it's going to be. But I might, I, I think I probably left that day thinking it could be this, it could be that. It could mm-hmm. be 12, it could be eight, you know, I, 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 it, it, because of nuance. Or, mm-hmm. uh, and, then, and then later with Jen in the editing room, we'll look at them fresh again and you'll have the sort of, the vibe of the day is, the, of the shooting days starts to go away. You're also in the context of the movie now and the editorial of the whole mm-hmm. movie, which also might change how you view a take that you thought was the one and then you look back. But, um, but, I'm often searching for th- then in, in scenes where I know there's going to be, you know, cutting, I'm, I'm going to be, com- I can combine takes. It's, it's really a feeling overall. I mean, th- there might be, I am looking at making sure we have all the moments, you know, so it's, it's kind of forensic in that way, but it is also a kind of feeling of the scene. And I think with both of them, they were both so in it. And so those characters and they, so were they're, 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 their facility with the language of the script was so, uh, you know, it, it, it was so internalized and that I didn't ha- have what I sometimes have had of a movie where you feel like you need to get it, you know, where mm-hmm. you're working to get the, the actors not there yet in mm-hmm. a way. Here it really felt like, okay, we're, we're already in the ballpark. So where can I be most helpful? How can I help them go one direction or another? Or, or we have it great the way I always imagined it, but they've given me something they did gave me a new idea. You know, Laura's monologue, Mm. um, you know, that one, the way she did it would give me ideas of like, well, let's try, okay, let's, you know, let's try one where you, you don't even, you're you're discovering your argument as you're going, you know, that, that might be the take that's in, but, um, you know, or let's one where you get angrier as you go, or one where you become almost more thrilled with yourself as you, mm-hmm. you know, it was because a thing she was doing was giving me those ideas that I wouldn't necessarily have gone in. To, I love to that the monologue. Scene. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> and she just inhales it, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, so anyway, this is a long way of saying it's like some days it's like you leave the set and it's like, Oh, that take, really remains in my mind. And then other days it's some weird fever dream of like, you know, it's all in there, but you're not not sure. sure. You're like, I'll, I'll, I'll sort it out later. Um, and some days you don't know, you know, I mean, that wasn't really the case on this movie, but some days, you know, you lose the light and you're, you're like, well, well, I hope it's well, there somewhere. You that's know? <laughs> where the benefit of age, right? Yeah. <laughs> the benefit of that confidence, like at that point, yeah. you, you know, you're going to be able to figure something out. I will say too, I, I think my collaboration with Jen Lame, the editor, um, and we've worked together since Francis, mm-hmm. and she and I talk every day. Uh, and I, we talk from the beginning of the first draft of the script. I show her the script as if I'm showing her like the movie to cut. Like, and I, and, both to just get her, you know, her feedback as a reader, but also to think, okay, well, let's, as with an edit, like if we were editing this, what don't we need? What, you know, I feel like why, why should I wait and bring her in later? Mm-hmm. Like, let's do this now. And so when I drive to work every day on a shoot, I call Jen and I go through the day ahead and we talk about the scenes I'm about mm-hmm. to shoot. And we talk about them, uh, about what they 
need to be for the movie mm-hmm. as a whole for what what based on other footage that she's seen is there things we want to get or aspects of the relationship mm-hmm. that maybe we haven't focused on enough or I feel like or you know like I said or gave us a new idea of mm-hmm. something to try you know and and she's learning the actors too by looking at the footage and being and, and sometimes she comes to set too but she's she's so we're kind of always thinking about how these things fit into the movie. And then at lunch, I call her again. And now she's seen the dailies from the day before. Although actually on this movie, it's when you shoot on film, it takes longer. So it's actually often two days before. Uh, And so we'll then go over that footage and talk about it. Did we, you know, was it what she expected? Mm -hmm. Which, you know, and, and, uh, and sometimes something comes out of that and she's like, if you could go and get, you know, this, what do you think if we got just this moment or something like that? And then, uh, so we're always thinking about the movie as a whole in that way and, and always searching and just trying to make sure as best we can to explore everything. We, you talk about your collaboration, obviously the people that you're working immediately with, uh, that's one thing, but you also have this side, this amazing friend group. <laughs> I don't know how else, how else to explain it, but you have regular dinners with Brian De Palma and Jake Paltrow and Wes Anderson, and you were dear friends with Mike Nichols. Mm-hmm. Like how has, do you show them your script? Do you guys share ideas without competitiveness or like, how does that work? Yes, we do. Um, there's probably competitiveness in there too, but it, it, it in a, hopefully in a healthy way, um, except maybe with Brian or Mike. I don't know that they feel competitive with us. Um, but Wes, I've known from the beginnings of both mm-hmm. of our careers. I mean, we, we, we just did a Q&A in London, and, and it was very – I was kind of got emotional thinking about the mm-hmm. fact that this is – we've been making movies almost 25 years, the two of us, you know, and we started the same year together, and we've been friends. We've collaborated. Um, but – all of these people, I find I'd be a fool not to take their expert advice and, and, and thoughts and things. And they always, there's always something good that comes from showing them things. And mm-hmm. uh, so, and, and yeah, Mike was, uh, you know, Mike, I always found very interesting too, from the point of view of an interpretive director, since Mike didn't write his scripts, he, Mike always had such clear ideas about what all his movies were about. I mean, like Mike describing the graduate saying it's the man who saves himself through madness. I I mean, what a Mm -hmm. beautiful thing to say uh, about anything, but about the graduate. And he was just so clear headed about what things were about and, 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 and how to get, how to tell, and what is then the cinematic component to tell that story. And so I think I, Mike, I, I I found very helpful in that way because particularly after like if I have an early draft of something mm-hmm. I'm still in the kind of writer brain too so I'm I'm uh just to get that kind of uh feedback and I thought of Mike a lot on this movie I think I, I, more so than I have in the past I I I I I kind of thought about that way of like how would Mike think about these scenes how would Mike what would be this what is this about in the way what like what would Mike say this is about um and the th- one of the things I came up with is is it, that it was the story of Nicole's Nicole gaining a voice and rebuilding herself in a way, uh, and it was the story of Charlie breaking down, 
and how both of those, even though they're going in opposite directions, are necessary for these particular people at this particular time to come back together again in some way as they need to for the child. And I thought he would, you know, he'd probably say something even (laughs) better than that. But that was my sort of internal mic thinking, like, what story are you telling when you're telling these stories? Mm -hmm. How much of you did you... Obviously, a lot of this is, is personal from your own experience, and like you said, Scarlet and and whatnot. But did you have to, when you were writing your draft, did you take part of yourself out of it as you went along? Is that yeah? You're nodding. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I find Philip Roth has that quote. Maybe we've talked about this. Of like, he says, "I take two stones of reality when I start something. I take two stones of reality and I rub them together to spark the imagination." And I I find that is a good way to describe what I do as well, which is often I'm starting from a place, it could be biographical, but it could even just be emotionally real, Mm -hmm. a kind of emotional, something that's emotionally very personal to me that I want to find a way to visualize, to, 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 uh, make story from. Mm -hmm. And so I will draw, uh, I mean, it doesn't matter to me really in the, in the early stages. I'll draw for myself. I'll draw from other people. I will take anything that's useful to telling the story. Um, and then things start just to, to inform you and come uh, – you don't know where they come from. It's just part of writing and part of creating the story. Things The, the, the story tells you things. And, and often when that – that's when it starts to work. And then, then the other things either stay or don't. You know, so a lot of times I'll take stuff, you know, it, it might be a, a scene from my life and I want to kind of use it as a way to start writing, but the scene never makes it into the movie. It's just, it's just a way to put myself in a real place, a personal place, mm-hmm. a place where I know, at least have a kind of sense of how, you know, what the, what the conversation was, what it looked like, what did the room look like? What is, you know, it, 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 it feels very real to me. And then, um, but like I said, by the end of the script, who knows what that room is anymore? It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's been moved to the, you know, the, the last third of the movie. It's now in Los Angeles. It's, uh, you know, it's Ray Liotta is the guy is in the room. It's, it's, you know, it's, it, all these things take on these other lives. Mm -hmm. What do you love about, what have you really enjoyed about your partnership with Adam? Because you've worked with obviously Ben Stiller, Nicole Kidman, Jennifer Jason Lee. They were established. These are big established actors. But mm-hmm. when you really first met Adam, he was basically just cast in girls and kind of fresh off, you know, his sad his first sad card, a law and order, right. basically. What right. what have what do you love about collaborating with him? That's that's a it's funny. I haven't quite thought of it that way. The the that um yeah, because I've worked with so many Jeff Daniels, you know, even actors who I'm relatively like Laura Dern, who's, yeah. a, 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 you know, Naomi who, Watts. Who, yeah, and Naomi, who are like essentially my age. I still had seen them before and things before I'd work with them. Um, and Laura started so young. I saw her, you know, when I was a kid, I was mm-hmm. seeing her uh, in Smooth Talk and Rambling Rose and, and Mask. And, and so, yeah, Adam is. It was that nice thing of discovering some kind of uh, something familiar in someone I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. So, and I and I met him in an audition, and 
I, I, I just, you know, he was so immediately interesting, but also so immediately inside what I had written. And it, the, when, when I auditioned Francis, I didn't give anyone the script. I just mm-hmm. gave them the scenes for the auditions. So he, he was really at a disadvantage because he, you know, he was just reading, you know, but I also felt maybe it would create something else, which is you're just reading, you're just being in the moment of right. this, this scene. It doesn't matter what comes before or after it. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's, it's, like I said, I think I recognize something in him, uh, both from a personal standpoint, but as someone who had then become, a, became a friend, but also, um, I think before that, before the friendship itself, I recognize some kind of, you know, cinematic counterpart in a way, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, and just by the nature of the movies, I was, the stories, the, 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 the movies that I made since I've known him, I haven't, I haven't had the opportunity to sort of put him in that part, which mm-hmm. is sort of a, you know, a, you know, until marriage story in, in a sense as, as sort of a, it's it, it's almost like the this one does feel like the movie we were waiting to make in some way. Um, you know, the other ones were you know I was just so lucky to have Adam come play these parts, and you know, Francis was so much mm-hmm. Francis's world. And uh, while we're young, I had written for Ben, so you know, even though I I, I mean Adam was so fantastic in that, Genius, yeah. Um, and in Meyerowitz, he he was you know it was it was a cameo really. It was just you know kind of a. I just knew he'd be hilarious in that scene. So I know it's, it's sort of like, it, it, this feels like the one we were, you know, kind of gearing up to make together without knowing it. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations. Uh, it's awesome. Thank and you. And Adam, you get incredible, athletic, full scope performances out of your actors. It's awesome to see you, Noah. You too. Thank you. This yeah. was great. Please. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me. Marriage Story is now in theaters and will be streaming on Netflix on December 6th. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you've been listening. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Krista Smith. Join me next time for more meaningful conversations here at Present Company.